Bible. You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? This program is entitled today, How to Understand God Without the Bible. Now, I know that sounds cra crazy because, you see, here's, here's the bottom line. Here's what you've got to wrap your mind around. You could spend a lifetime understanding God without the Bible. And most people think, well, uh, in, in order to understand God, I've got to go to church. I've got to get some religion. I've got to ask my preacher to explain all the nature of God to me. No, not true. No, listen to me. You could spend a lifetime understanding God without the Bible, and I'm going to tell you how you can do that. Not that I'm necessarily recommending that you just use this method, Eventually, you'll want to begin to read your Bible, study your Bible, and see what the will of God is. But there's a lot you can know about God before you ever open the Bible. Now, what I was taught in preparing a sermon is this, that the Bible may not be the best place to start. That in preparing a sermon, you want to look at your audience. You want to look at your congregation. You want to look at the people. And you want to ask questions like, what's it like to be 86 years old and in the first stages of Alzheimer? Uh, what's it like to be a young teenage boy, again, faced with all the temptations that are out there? You know, you want to look at your congregation, and that's where you begin to build a sermon. Well, the same is true when it comes to understanding God. The Bible is not the best place to start. Well, where is the best place to start? Well, I'm going to get to that in this message. Did you know that there are a lot of things in life that you cannot know until you ask the right question? And most people never get around to asking the right question. The question most religious people never ask themselves is, why do I want to know God? Uh, do you want to know God in order to be religious? A lot of people do. In order to look religious? A lot of people fit into that category. Do you want to know God in order to make your life work? Uh, do you want to know God just to get your rear end saved? Do you want to know God in order to appease your family members? You see, and the difference of what you choose for wanting to know God. In other words, if you want to know God just to get yourself saved, then you, all you're going to have is a superficial understanding of the Bible. You're going to be able to quote a few scriptures like, just believe, just accept Jesus, just call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. But beyond that, you're not going to know a lot. But if you want to know God in order to make your life work, you're going to have a deeper, richer understanding of the nature of God. And it depends on what your motive is for wanting to know God. You know, I have found that about 90% of what religious people talk about from a biblical perspective is totally irrelevant. It's what I call worthless knowledge. The futility of religious talk. One time I overheard a conversation, a couple of religious guys at a restaurant. They were talking about the verse in the resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, about in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. And this guy had actually figured out how long in a moment in a twinkling of an eye is. He had it down to so many milliseconds. 
And I'm thinking, man, he missed the point totally. He's reading the resurrection chapter. The trump shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. But he had the actual timing of, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, he had it, the timing figured out. How relevant is that? How, what kind of useless knowledge is this? People ask stupid questions. You know, how deep is a sea of glass? Who cares? Did Adam have a, you know, an any or an Audi? Did he have a navel? Did he have an any or an Audi? Who cares? Uh, if a fly lands in holy water, is the fly sanctified or is the water polluted? Who cares? And then you got charts and end time events and calendars and meanings of Greek and Hebrew words. Again, who cares? You know, and then you got prophecy. A lot of churches use prophecy as a drawing card. People want to know the future. What's going to happen? But what good is it to, to know the future if you're not going to be a part of it? So, you know, how important is prophecy? Well, it can be important, but just to focus on that as your drawing card to get people, yeah, people are always curious. Inquiring minds want to know. There are magazines out there that, that sell, they sell millions of those little nasty, raunchy magazines, and inquiring minds want to know. But the question is, why do you want to know God? Your reason for wanting to know God will determine your depth of understanding. And many religious people choose poorly. Now I want to read parts of what is called the Athanasian Creed. Actually, it was written for the purpose of explaining and understanding God. It's what I call worthless knowledge. Let me uh, get this paper here and read this. Let me put on my glasses. Now listen closely or you'll miss something here. The parts of the Athanasian Creed. It says that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the person nor dividing the substance. Neither confounding the, the person nor dividing the substance. That, that makes a lot of sense. For there is one person of the Father, another person, another of the Son, another of the Holy Spirit. But the Godhead of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit is all one. The glory equal, the majesty co-eternal, such as the Father is, such as the Son is, such as the Holy Spirit, the Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, and the Holy Spirit uncreated, the Father incomprehensible, the Son incomprehensible, and the Holy Spirit incomprehensible. You know what that word means, incomprehensible? It means you can't get it, you can't understand it. The Father eternal, the Son eternal, and the Holy Spirit eternal, and yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal. As also there are not three uncreated, nor three incomprehensible, but one uncreated and one uncomprehensible. So likewise the Father is Almighty, the Son Almighty, and the Holy Spirit Almighty. And yet there are not three Almighties, but one Almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And yet there are not three gods, but one God. So likewise the Father is the Lord, the Son is Lord, and the Holy Spirit is Lord. And yet there are not three Lords, but one. Are you getting this? Okay, let's conclude. So there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, and one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And in this Trinity none is afar or after other. None is greater or less than another, but the whole three persons are co-eternal together, co-equal, so that in all things as aforesaid, the unity is Trinity and the Trinity is unity is to be worshipped. He therefore that will be saved must thus think of the Trinity. Now did you get that? In order to be saved, you've got to believe this stuff. First of all, you've got to understand it. Did you get it? Now, here's the point. <clears throat> you know, someone said that the Western mind explains everything and understands nothing. And that is so true when it comes to religion. That, that's the way we are. We, we, we explain everything and yet we understand nothing. 
Now this is what is referred to as intellectual you know, conversion. But listen, you will never experience a relationship with God with just intellectual conversion. You may be able to impress a lot of people, but it's not real conversion. It's not really knowing God. How to understand God without the Bible. Okay. Now, you ever thought about why there is so much religious, you know, futility, symbolism, traditions, rituals in church, you know, candle wax, smoke and mirrors and all the stuff and all the funny clothing and the robes and all that? Why is there so much of this stuff? i tell you why. Because people love the pretense of looking religious. People love to look spiritual. They really do. They like to talk spiritually. They like to be perceived as a God, a man of God, and, and spiritual, and all this stuff. But I'm talking about the real McCoy here, how to understand God without the Bible, and here's how. Your Bible tells you how to understand Him without the Bible. Let's go to it. Romans 1 and verse 20. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. How do you understand God? By the things that are made. Let me read this from a different translation here. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been understood and observed by what He made, so that people are without excuses. You know, people are without an excuse here because they can look at creation and understand the nature of God. This is how you understand God without the Bible. You start with creation and the things that are made. Now, in an earlier program, I said you can't create something smarter than yourself. And so you have to realize, you just got to look around you and realize, well, man, I didn't create this stuff. You know, they say that each snowflake that falls has six sides, but they all differ. Each snowflake is a little bit different. Well, have you proven that to yourself? Have you got, you know, you ought to do that. You ought to, at next snowstorm, get your microscope, get out there and catch a snowflake, put it underneath a microscope, and examine about a thousand different flakes of snow. And you'd probably be amazed to find out, well, they are a little bit different. No two seem to be the same. Now, how'd that come about? Did you create that? Well, of course you didn't. You know, the moon, the tides, and the oceans that are stirred up, you know, without the, the gravitational pull of the moon, these large bodies of water like the oceans would stagnate and everything would die and we would die. The hydrologic cycle, the rain, you know, the continu there's, there's no new rain being created. It's just all just a continuous cycle, photosynthesis, you know. Uh, ice, ice is an amazing study. You know, most liquids decrease in volume as they cool and freeze. But ice actually, as it goes below 32 degrees, actually starts to expand, and that's what causes it to float on top of the water. If ice didn't do this, it would settle on the bottom of the lakes and rivers, and everything in it would die off. It's just a unique property of the way God created things. But you did this, didn't you? Yeah, you, you. Again, you can't create something smarter than yourself. We're talking about knowing God without the Bible. We're talking about looking at creation. Now, I don't know if you're an outdoor person, but if not, you need to get outdoor. The first step in developing a relationship with God is get outside. Yeah, get outside. Now, I have a Boy Scout book that was actually, in, it was uh, published in 1965. Man, 
It's some good stuff in this Boy Scout book. I'm telling you, did you know the Boy Scouts actually have a creed? It's 12 things that they actually recite and are supposed to explain every one of these on a personal level. You know, the Boy Scout creed. And I just want to share this with you. First of all, a Boy Scout is trustworthy. If, we were, he, if he were to violate his honor by telling a lie or cheating or by doing uh, not exactly as told, he may be asked to turn in his scout badge. He is trustworthy. Now, what kind of people do you want to be? I mean, here, here's something that we're looking at. A trustworthy person. Imagine having a neighbor like this. He is loyal, the second point. He is loyal to all whom loyalty is due. And I like that one. Not everybody is due loyalty, but he is loyal to all whom uh, whose loyalty is due. He is helpful. He must uh, be prepared at any time to save life, help injured persons, and to share the home duties. He is friendly. He is, he is, he is a friend to all. He is courteous. He is polite to all, especially women and children, and to the elderly, and to the weak and helpless. He is courteous. He is kind. He is a friend to animals. He will not hurt nor kill uh, any living creature needlessly. needlessly excuse me. <laughs> he is obedient. He is obedient to his parents and scoutmaster and authorities. Man, he is cheerful. Notice it, he's cheerful. He is thrifty. He works faithfully, wasting nothing. He makes the best uh, use of his time and money, and he's always willing, you know, he saves his money so that he can pay his own way. Man, imagine if we had more like that in government. I wonder how many that serve in the government were once Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts. Just an interesting comment because, you know, here, waste nothing. Uh, he makes the best use of opportunity. He saves his money so he can pay his own way. Man, we need some people like that in America. <clears throat> he is brave. Uh, he has the courage to face danger in spite of fear and stands up for what is right. He is clean. He keeps his body clean and thoughts and clean speech and clean sports and clean habits and travels with a clean group. He is reverent. The last one, number 12, he is reverent. He is reverent toward God and, and faithful in his religious duties. So that's the Boy Scout creed. Did you know that the Christian has also a creed? It's called the Ten Commandments that we're supposed to recite and explain on a personal level. Can you do that? Do you know how each one of the Ten Commandments applies to you personally? Can you explain it to others? How do the Ten Commandments apply to you on a personal level? We're talking about how to understand God without the Bible. You know, I look at those 12 creeds that the Boy Scouts have. Man, how would you like to have a neighbor like that with all those attributes, these, these godly characteristics here? Okay, how to understand God without the Bible? Remember your conscience is, is another point here. Remember your conscience. You know, the last six commandments tell us how to love our fellow man, how to relate to one another. And you know, there is a conscience that's written within the hearts of man. You know, maybe as a little boy, you took something that wasn't yours, you stole something, and you felt really bad about that. Now, where did that come from? 
Where did it come from? What told you that that was wrong to take something that wasn't yours? Now I know the conscience can get seared as like a hot iron as you grow older. It really can. But that's why I say remember your childlike conscience, you know, how to understand God without the Bible. There's a verse in Romans 2 and verse 14. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the laws, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves. So what this is saying is here are people who didn't even have the law, but they do by nature the things that are written in the law. How do they do that? Well, it's because the last six commandments are written within the conscience of man. Let's continue on. Which show the works of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Yes, like I said, the, the last ten commandments, the six commandments, the last six commandments are written within the conscience of mankind. And you need to think about that. Now the first four you have to be taught those how to love God. The first four commandments tell you how to love God. You've got to be taught that. But the last six are actually written within the heart of mankind. So, you know, you need to keep aware of this, your conscience, and not let it get all messed up as you get older and remember your childhood conscience that told you this is right, this is wrong. It's built into our system. We're talking about how to understand God without the Bible. Going back to this Boy Scout book, you know, I said you need to get outdoors. You need, because understanding God, you understand God by the things that are made, the things that God has created. You know, in that Boy Scout book, it talks about tracking animals. It talks about identifying trees, identifying edible plants, the beautiful outdoor. It talks about camping and identifying all the different animals and fish of the lakes and rivers. And it talks about how not to get lost. You know, that'd be a good one for men because they never ask, ask for the directions. How not to get lost. Reading the night sky the stars, and then there's my favorite section in the Boy Scout book, and that's the food, cooking all the food outdoors, you know, cooking on an open fire. You know, you really, you want to understand God, you got to get outdoors, you got to look at creation, you got to study creation. You know, in this, this Boy Scout book, it talks about being mentally awake, learn to think, the art of concentration, thinking with your eyes, uh, gathering knowledge, learning new skills, uh, reading for a full life, listening and looking, uh, having initiative, uh, being morally straight. You know, I wonder what Boy Scouts, uh, the, what are, are they teaching today? And that booklet I got, the Boy Scout book, 1965, but man, it's a, it's a great little book to have. Now, what I'm saying is you start here long before you even think about going to church or getting some religion. This is where you start if you want to know God, how to understand God without the Bible. You know, if someone came to me and said, I, I want to know more about God, I tell you where I wouldn't start with the Bible. I would say get the Moody DVDs online. It's a whole series of, of the Moody DVDs. You can get, get them on Amazon. They are God-centered, but they go through all kinds of things that God has created. The red blood cell, the human body, rain, water, wind, you know, uh, desert land, flowers, creation. And they're just an amazing thing, uh, uh, DVDs to study and to point you in the direction of God. How to understand God without the Bible. You start with creation and the things that are made. You know, we've got it, we've got to go back to the fundamentals. We really, really do. We've got to go back to the fundamentals.
You look at the animal kingdom. He created male and female. Some animals mate for life. Did you know that? Uh, he didn't create male and male and female and female. I mean, we've got to go back to the fundamentals if you want to understand God. Proverbs 6 and verse 6 says this. It says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise, which have no God, overseer, or ruler. You know, the study of the ant is an amazing study. It's not that one king ant is telling all the others what to do. And, you know, provided that you have the Spirit of God, and that's going to be a study that we do later on in this series of building uh, how to begin a relationship with God without church and religion. But if you have the Holy Spirit of God, it's such a thing as being a self-directed Christian, where you trust the Spirit of God in you, not necessarily, you don't put first the church or your religion, but you trust first the Holy Spirit that, that is leading your life, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It's what you trust first. And you're able to think for yourself. You're able to trust the Holy Spirit of God, and you're able to think and make decisions for yourself. Proverbs 12 and verse 10 says, A righteous man regards the life of his beasts, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Cruelty is not a characteristic of God. You know, you hear these horror stories of men, some man drowning little kittens or something like that. You know, I mean, that, that, that's, if you want to know God, if you want to understand God, you, you can't be a cruel person to animals or to your mate or to your friends. Of course, we are such a hypocritical society today. You know, we're all concerned about the spotted owl, and yet we have over 50 million abortions that are committed. Uh, you know, I mean, how hypocritical is that? We're concerned about the spotted owl, and I guess we should be, but we have these 50 million abortions. Mm. So if you're a cruel person, you're out of the loop when it comes to understanding God. Proverbs 14 and verse 23 says, In all labor there is profit. You know, you got to go back to the fundamentals. A good, hard day's work, by the sweat of your brow, you know, working. Uh, these, are, these are characteristics that you've got to have in place. These are fundamentals that you've got to have in place in order to understand God. God is a worker. Cleanliness is another good point. A clean body. You know, God is not a slob. Okay? You know, I could tell a lot about you if I looked at your vehicle or uh, came into your home, and I could tell a lot about you just by looking at the way you keep your stuff. You know? You know, I, I was watching a program about hoarding, you know, these hoarders that just gather, and they've got in their home, they just got a little trail you can walk through, and it's all this junk piled up. I want to tell you that if you're a hoarder, you are an ungrateful Maybe I shouldn't say, okay, you're a very ungrateful person. You're not thankful for anything you have. Because in order to be thankful for what you have, you've got to take care of what you have first. If you're taking care of what you have, you don't have time to gather more junk, okay? You just don't. You know, Jesus fed 5,000, and after he fed them with bread and fish, he told his disciples to gather up the fragments. Now, why do you do that? Well, God's not a slob, okay? He's not a slob like you. He keeps things nice. He keeps things clean. I don't care what it is. I mean, I don't care if you've got some retired pink flamingo in the attic, some, you know, yard ornament or something that you have. You're supposed to keep it nice, keep it dusted, keep it clean, keep it packaged away. Everything you own, you're supposed to keep it nice because that's how you say I'm grateful. 
That's God's language. That's how you say I'm grateful, by taking care of what you have. How to understand God without the Bible. You know, we've got to get back to the fundamentals, really. It, 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 you've got to get back to the fundamentals. And I've met on one too many occasions deeply religious people just couldn't get enough of Jesus, who were hoarders, they were slobs, you know, they, they had body odor, they were cruel, maybe to their animals or to their mate or whatever, they couldn't hold down a job, yeah, couldn't, but they're godly, they're just, they just can't get enough of religion, they can't get enough of God, and they got all these negative characteristics about them. I'm saying you got to deal with the fundamentals first. You've got to go back to the fundamentals first. And, 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 you know, when a person claims to be religious and can't hold down a job, something's wrong. Something's wrong with this person. Six days shall you labor. That's not a suggestion, that's a command. Six days shall you labor. In other words, get off your butt and go to work. And if you're not, don't call yourself a Christian if you can't hold down a job. Now, if you're disabled, I understand that. That's another point. That's another question. That's another issue. But, you know, it's just so many people that, that, that use this pretense of, oh, I'm, I'm just so godly. I'm so religious. And here they are with all these negative characteristics. Isaiah 52 and verse 11 says this. It says, Depart ye, depart ye, go ye out from thence, touch no unclean things, Go out of the midst of her, be ye clean that bear the vessel of the Lord. Yeah, I mean, what it's talking about when it says to go out from the midst of her, it says don't be a part of this. Separate yourself from this ungodly society. You know, know the difference between right and wrong. Know the difference between good entertainment, if you can find any, and bad entertainment. That's the majority of the entertainment that is out there. It's not worth even wasting your time with. But be ye separate, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. And we're talking about being morally clean. We're talking about a clean mind. We're talking about a clean body. We're talking about clean when it comes to your material possessions, the things that you own. And listen to me, if you can master these four areas, then we can talk about studying the Word of God. But let's first master these four areas morally clean, clean mind, clean body, taking care of the stuff that you have. Is that really in the Bible? I'm David Freeman, and I'll see you with the next episode a week from now. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.